This is episode 53 with Kenny Santucci. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Kahn, former Division I swimmer turned personal trainer and coach. Each week, it is my goal to bring you a unique story of an elite athlete's mindset to help you unlock and discover your life's potential. Today, I had the chance to sit down with Kenny Santucci, owner and creator of Strong New York. He's a fitness professional through and through that uses his own experiences to help others make the shifts they want to make in their lives. We talk accountability in all of its forms, opportunities to make a shift in your life today, and how you can rewrite old stories to better serve you. So without further ado, please welcome on Kenny. Kenny, I appreciate you coming on here. I appreciate your time. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better as well as be able to share your journey because in just doing some research, I think you have a fascinating backstory. And what I really like Mm -hmm. is how you've taken your journey and now are on a quest to take others through the same. So it's yeah, yeah. level stuff. Um, I appreciate them. Yeah. Give us a little bit of background. How did you get involved in athletics, into fitness? What really sparked your interest in just moving your body with some sense of purpose behind it? Um, I, was, I was never athletic. Nothing came easy to me. Uh, I was fat. I was awkward. Um, and in a way, I just hated myself. I hated the way I was. Um, so I wanted to change my reality. There was no more want in my life than wanting to change my state of being. Um, so I knew it wasn't going to happen unless I kind of took charge and started doing that for myself. I was about 13, 12, 13 years old at the time. I remember looking in the mirror. I was getting ready for a, um, you know, kind of school dance. And I just hated the way I looked. And I hated the way it felt. Um, so I was like, you know, I just got to take this into my own hands and kind of kind of go with this. So, uh, you know, I started buying muscle magazines, got to high school, started playing some sports, uh, started to read up on nutrition. One of the things I remember first and the easiest thing for me to give up was soda. You know, I used to see these pictures of like juiced up, jacked up dudes just crushing a bottle of soda um, and cake. You know, so cake and soda were kind of the first things I gave up and I stopped eating them. I just cold turkey, just stopped eating them. And I noticed that within, you know, I went into high school weighing 235 pounds to graduating freshman or getting out of freshman year. I was about 185, you know, so I got down pretty low. And then I graduated high school at about 160. So, um, a lot of that was working out, getting stronger, um, you know, kind of, but I noticed the way that people treated me was different. I noticed the way I felt was different, just little things, you know, and one of the things that I, I try to bring up as much as possible when I do interviews on this stuff is, uh, you know, kind of just the way my skin and my body was when I was heavier. You know, nowadays I, we have this crazy notion that we got to empower people who are overweight and stuff. I, I get it. I get there are people who are not built like supermodels. That's fine. But I don't, I don't agree with encouraging bad behavior, you know, and when you're a certain weight, there are certain things that come along with it, you know, heart disease, diabetes, all these things. Um, my legs used to rub together and I used to have like these brown marks on my legs and I used to have like weird rashes all over my body when I was heavy. And as soon as I lost weight, as soon as I started eating better, all that went away. 
you know? So now we have a medical system that gives you creams for this shit. And, you know, they come out with new clothes that, you know, will stop friction in your legs and shit and all that stuff. If, if we just cut the snake off at the head, you know, you could end all these problems, just get in better shape, just live a healthier life. You know, so I think the more we prolong this on and we, we allow people to uh, act a certain way, no one's held accountable. I think accountability is one of the things that this country is missing right now. You know, you do something wrong, you should pay the consequences. Um, you know, that's the way I grew up. My dad was a Marine. He was a cop. He was, uh, you know, always ruled with an iron fist. And if I did anything wrong, I, I felt the consequences of that, you know? So, um, so for me, it's like, I encourage people to live a healthier lifestyle, to be a little bit healthier. And for me, it was like, that's how I treated myself. I kind of disciplined myself. I, I wanted to earn the bad things or like earn those, those luxuries, right? Like if I was going to go drink with a bunch of my buddies, all right, I better go work out beforehand or afterwards or something. Um, and I started a little thing when I used to work at this gym here in New York, I started a thing called crunch and brunch. So we're going to go out and eat brunch and uh, have a bunch of drinks and eat avocado toast and all this shit. We should work out beforehand. So I, we used to do like a 90 minute workout and then right afterwards we'd go and have brunch. So at least like you could justify it a little bit. I'm not saying you're going to burn off as much as you're going to eat at a brunch, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I think, the more people feel accountable, the more they feel like they're accomplishing something, you know? Uh, so I, right now I have a run group going, I have an online app, I do private training, I do small group classes, I do big group classes. I give people every opportunity to get better in, uh, you know, different ways. You know, it doesn't have to be super expensive like personal training, it could be cheaper, it could be like a midway point, like uh, small group training. It could be on an online app. So my thing is like, I want to take, I want to be the most accountable. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I could to service the clientele. Um, and then from there, you know, if anybody has excuses, it's like, I, I really just don't have time for you. you. I've given you every opportunity to succeed. You know, you can only lead the horse to water. You can't make it drink. Yeah. I was about to say, that's, it's the hardest thing to learn as a newer trainer in the industry. It took me a while to get okay with like, it's not for everyone trying to like yeah. get that journey. And I can't beat myself up too much if I'm doing everything yeah. I can. I saw well, you, you know guys, I, go ahead. You, you, what I tell everybody is like, you can't help the hopeless, right? Mm -hmm. If they don't want to help themselves, you could only do so much. You can only encourage them so much. You can only do so much before they want to do it for themselves. See, when I changed, I wanted that for myself. You know, if you don't want that for yourself, then you're never going to really get after it or go after it. Um, people think that nowadays everything should be handed to them. Oh, well, you have it, so I should have it. Oh, well, you did it, so I should do it. And it's like, really, life doesn't really work like that, you know? So. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, I always... People that I work with, whether it's fitness, mindset coaching, life coaching, whatever, I always have them define their definition of success for them first. So very mm -hmm. similar, like it has to be coming organically from them because if any part of their definition of success is from me or something that you impart on them, I feel like that is when things get kind of iffy and success isn't as, I guess, imminent. And that's yeah, I, mean. 
Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I saw a quote on your website that I really like resonated with that fitness became your religion and the gym yeah. was your church. Where yeah. did that mentality towards just fitness come from for you? Uh, so I grew up Catholic um, and growing up, I just, I don't know, like when you're in a certain religion, whether you're, you know, Buddhist, Muslim, Jewish, Catholic, whatever it is, you're, you're kind of taught to believe that that's the, the best religion and the only religion. And I started to travel the world a little bit through my 20s, you know, being on television and stuff. And I got to see other cultures and I started to see the beauty in all these other cultures. Um, and I started to realize that uh, maybe mine's not the best and that all of them are kind of saying the same thing, you know treat others the way you want to be treated, make people feel good. You know, it's all the same shit. It's just a, a different region or a different kind of belief system. Um, but I think religion is good because it gives people faith. And I found faith and hope and, uh, you know, what I needed out of life in the gym. You know, that's where I wanted to be. You know, when, I, when my parents would take me to church on Sunday, I fucking hated it. I'm like, why am I here for an hour? I, I sing shit all the time, you know, um, not to shit on any religions, but at the same time, I like the gym had done more for me than anybody, anything else, like any other religion. So for me, it's like, that's where I kind of, I, I worship, you know, I need to be there every day. I need to hit it at least once a day and feel good about it. And it makes other people feel good. And, um, there's, there's this sense of cleansing. A lot of the things that you get out of religion or you're supposed to get out of religion, I started to get out of the gym and I started to look at it as, you know, obviously not the traditional temple or sacred place, but a place where I felt good. I could make other people feel good, you know, um, and we could all get better together. So for me, it's like, Oh, that's fucking definition of a church. You know, that's a definition of worship, you know, um, you know, respect the iron, you know, just like I do have a, I believe in a God, you know, um, doesn't necessarily mean has to be the same one that everybody else believes in and everything else. I do believe in a higher power, um, but not the traditional way I was brought up. And uh, I would say I'm more spiritual than anything else, but I think, you know, the uh the barbell and you know weight really challenges you in a different way and really makes you think and really makes you push beyond your comfort zone um just like god's meant to do it's like you know be a good person because this will happen so it's like i need to push myself beyond my comfort zone to um to kind of grow and get better and and feel accomplished you know no one ever leaves the gym and says I really shouldn't have done that. It's like no one leaves the gym and feels like shit, you know? Um, and there's no downside to it, right? Religion's supposed to be a pure, good feeling thing. It's for me, there's no, you know, it creates circulation. The things that it does inside my body, outside my body, in my mind, outside my, in my life, you know, there's, there's no real downside to it other than getting there. That's the hardest thing is getting started. Yeah. And I think what's beautiful about it too, is it's a place where all those lessons that you touched on, it's tough in, when we're talking actual religion, it's this abstract thing. It's this like, mm -hmm. just 
floats around. We talk about it, but it's tough to see like physical action to reinforce it. Whereas the gym, I'm a firm believer that pushing your body and just working out in general is the perfect catalyst to like solidifying those life lessons and then taking them from fitness and then applying them to other aspects of your life. You've obviously done a lot of very successful things between, you know, acting career, now strong New York, you know, ladder teams, all that good stuff. What is one thing that you've learned from your time personally in the gym and your fitness journey that you've applied that has probably contributed the most to that success for you? Um, yesterday I actually did a, um, had a little combo on IG live with, uh, Jake Steinfeld, body mm-hmm. by Jake. And we were talking and, you know, that mentality of, of never giving up. I think, you know, when I opened the gym, when I was, you know, doing hard races, when things are just, uh, the hardest, you know, it's always darkest before dawn, you know? And it's always hard. Like the last couple sets are always the hardest. And, um, you know, if you just push through, if you see things through, if you just never quit or never give up, then, you know, beauty lies on the other side of that. I think right now here in the States, we're going through a little bit of a, a dark age. You know, there's all this turmoil and, you know, there's two sides. And I think we're going to start to go into like a deeper and darker part of the this country's history, uh, but hopefully come out on the other side better, you know, so you just got to see things through. Um, same as a workout, you know, you're grinding through, but if you push as hard as you possibly can, you're going to get the results out of it. Um, anytime I've ever pushed through and just kept going, it's helped me, whether it's been a race or a workout or a business venture or whatever it is. Uh, every day I get up, you know, I got up this morning at seven and like I said, I'll teach two, three classes a day. I'll do three to five privates a day. I mean, I'm just nonstop. I keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I'm not looking for a pat on the back. I'm not one of these fucking assholes. It's just like, I'm on the grind, bro. It's just like, I do what I love on a daily basis. And I try to get it done as much as possible because every interaction that I have with a client, Every class I teach just allows me to become better at my craft. And, you know, I've got 10,000 plus hours in and I want another 10,000. Um, and I want to learn and understand more so that I could service people the best. If you're creating a product, it doesn't matter who it is or what you're doing. If I create uh, the best wooden furniture in the world, you know, and I make sure it's polished and I get the best wood and I ship it in from all over the fucking world and I sand it really nice and I put a nice coat over it and then I'll put another one over that and make it the best possible piece of furniture. It's going to be so good that no one could deny that it's the best, right? So if you continue to polish your product and make it and curate it and love it and really love what you're doing, care about it the way you should then people will want it and people don't mind paying for the things they want. You know, there's no reason, like, I think it's bizarre that women pay $20,000 for a fucking purse, but there's craftsmanship in that purse. There's no one that holds that Chanel bag or one of these things that, that could deny the craftsmanship behind this piece of, uh, you know, luxury 
you know, outerwear or whatever you want to call a purse. Um, you know, you look at something like restoration hardware, right? They sell this $20,000 couch, $30,000 couch. You know, there's a reason why people pay for it. If you ever sat on one, you're like, yeah, I, I get this. Or a car, right? You get in a car, you get in like a Tesla. And you're like, God damn, this thing is nice. You know, they really fucking thought about everything. The way the seat is, the way the arm handles are, the way the, the fucking computer works. You know, there's craftsmanship in that. And then, yeah, there's room for other products. I just don't want to be that lower product. I want to be able to service my clientele as much as I possibly can, as best as I can. And I think if everyone did that, then we'd have a lot less bullshit in the world, right? People see the finished product. People see what other people have done. And they're like, well, I want that. And I, I, but you haven't done what they've done to get there, right? And you don't care as much as that person does because clearly they spent their life crafting and molding what they've done. Uh, and, you know, I, that's why I think it's so fucked up that people just want to take what others have when, without earning it. I think you, you'll have a lot more respect for what others have done if you do it yourself, right? Yesterday when I was talking to uh, uh, Body by Jake, I was saying to him, I respect what you've done. I've seen what you've created and I know how hard that is, right? So I don't know if you do like jujitsu or wrestle or anything, but you know, you hit, you see somebody hit a certain move, right? And I've tried to hit, when I was in high school, all I wanted to do was like, I was like, y'all, I'm going to fucking fireman's carry somebody. I'm eventually going to fireman's carry somebody, throw them on their back. And you try to hit it and it's not easy, right? Especially when somebody else is trying to fight you off, they're not going to let you do it. And I worked at it and worked at it and worked at it and worked at it. And I used to see other guys do it. And I'm like, I want to be able to do that. It took me forever. Like I didn't hit one until I got to like college to a point where I'm like, all right, this is it. I'm, I got it. I got it now. So you, you have to work at everything. And then when you do have it, now you have to even curate it even more. So I think that's what, what a lot of people don't want to do. I think a lot of people just go to work just to, you know, collect a paycheck. And I think that's wrong. I mean, there are guys who love being garbage men. There are guys who love, I, I think it's fucking nuts. Guys who love being cops. I mean, it's fucking crazy. It's the worst fucking time in the world to ever be in law enforcement. Um, there are people who love being firemen. There are people who love, uh, you know, making rugs. There are people who love doing what they do. Um, and I think when people start to take pride and love what they do, then there's, there's less animosity and there's less bullshit in the world. Yeah, I think that's very well said. Switching to the coaching role and being over – as a coach now, what, um, how do you overcome that need or that want that people have to just like take what you have in the sense of like, I see you're in shape. I see what you can do. I want to work with you, but I like, I don't really want to work with you. You know what I mean? Like, I just want what you have. How do you shift their mind around from that? Um, I think it's a combination of me shifting their mind and then kind of realizing that it's going to, it's going to be a little bit of work. Um, I've gotten other trainers who would be like, well, how'd you do this? And how'd you do that? It's like, dude, day two of quarantine, I was out in the park doing workouts, you know, training some of my clients. I'm like, listen, if you guys feel comfortable, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be working out. And I slowly started to build up this, you know, outdoor kind of business. Uh, and other guys are like, well, how, how'd you do that? And I'm like, you just fucking do it. You just get it done. Um, and it's the same thing. Like 
when I, when I'm doing a training session, I give them what they, what they want. You know, everybody wants to sweat and do everything they need to do, but I also give them what they need. And, and it's a, it's a combination of how you kind of put it all together and mold it together. Um, will determine what they get out of it. I just had a new client who, uh, stopped me in the park and he's like, Hey man, I want to start working with you. I've been seeing what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. So I've been working. I, today was our first session and he's like, you know, I don't want to go too much. And I'm like, all right, cool. Keep it. I'll dial it back a little bit and not do as much with you. But you know, when I could stick it in there and give him what he, I feel he needs, then I'll do that. Um, so I, I think it's a, it's a healthy balance of working with everybody. I think the, the most important thing about personal training is the personal side of it. It's not for, everyone you know you're not for everyone you know but there is there will be some people that you have a personal connection with and you need to tailor their workouts to them i love that i i always view it as like you are controlling the pacing of the car that they're in and like you just need mm -hmm. to make sure that they're not going to burn through all their gas too early and you know not have too much left for in sure. the tank at the end so it's a, it's a fun game. And the more you play, just like you were saying, getting like your 10,000 yeah. plus hours in, the better you get at controlling that car throughout. I think the more people you work with, you know, I think this is one of very few industries that people come in and they think they're experts. And, you know, the more you do it, the more you start to realize how much you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've been doing this 10 plus years and I, I still don't, know as much as I want to. And I still haven't worked with every type of clientele I'd like to. And every individual is different. You know, I have people who are, you know, I've worked with, you know, athletes, pro athletes before, and I've worked out with little kids and I've worked out with elderly people and I've worked on, you know, the average New Yorker. Um, and each one of them is different. Each one of them has their own complaints and their own problems and you know it's constantly adjusting and readjusting for everybody so yeah depth fitness is definitely not a one size fits all i think it's the unique spot, space of our profession um but i think your, your main job is to kind of connect with them and help them as much as you possibly can yeah and i like it's almost a never-ending journey like just like our own fitness journeys like we can always sure. improve we can always get better at coaching and and teaching how we deliver our products to clients. I want to talk real quick about new ladder teams that you just launched yeah. this past week, right? Yeah. Yep. So we launched on Monday. Uh, so uh, at join ladder on Instagram and then ladder teams is the name of the platform. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I saw the, the list of trainers who were on there. Um, there are two young ladies who work at a gym here in New York. And then there's Ebenezer, who's the, uh, the, works at uh, men's health. Um, you know, Andre Cruze just picked up. They got a couple great people who I respect. I follow. I, I like what they were doing. It pitched me on the idea of coming on board as one of the trainers. I've been pitched on a couple other apps and platforms and stuff before. Uh, it's just none of them were really like kind of my shtick. Um, and these guys kind of said all the right stuff and did all the right things. And, um, you know, I like, how aggressive they are. I like that they're, uh, they really believe in their product. Um, and for me, like I said, I mean, it's all about the craftsmanship. They really care about what they're doing. Um, and it allows me to do what I do really well and they do what they do really well. And it kind of blends together. I like that. What kind of workouts can people expect to get with you there? Is it yeah. based boot camp, like body weight? What? 
so what's great about their platform is that I kind of talk you through each workout. There's a chat there that you could engage with me and engage with anybody else who's doing the workout. So we got this communal aspect, which I think is super important when it comes to fitness. Uh, and then there's a the shop section, right? And then in the shop section, it's like anything I recommend that people should have. Uh, eventually, I'd like to get it to a point where people have barbells and dumbbells and racks of kettlebells and shit like that. But for right now, the only thing you need to start with is a TRX or some sort of suspension system um, uh, along like Monster Ben and then maybe one or two kettlebells that you could just start with. Uh, and a lot of it is uh, me walking you through, uh, you know, mobility stuff and strength work and uh, hit stuff. Uh, recovery days. So I build out five days a week, uh, two days for you, two alternate days, just kind of relax and don't do anything. And two recovery days after the, the working days, and then a full body day. So upper body day, lower body day, and then full body day for now. Um, and then as the community starts to grow, I'll start to expand a little bit more, maybe like four strength days, you know, and I'll evolve the program with the community right now. Um, everybody's starting from different points. If I could get everybody to like par, then I'll, I'll start to build and start to do some more fun stuff from there. But right now it's just trying to get everybody a, a nice, strong, stable base. I love that. I, I messed around with trying to uh, figure out the whole TRX suspension system in home. Uh, yeah. All this man. And I, one thing I learned was you have to make sure you close the door the right way and you're on oh, the shit. other side of it. I tried to do a TRX pull up and was in midair and then the door opened. I was like, Oh okay, shit. Well, it is what Not it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So anyone listening out there, don't give that a go. Make sure it goes the right way. Uh, Kenny, I just, again, I know you're a busy dude. You got a lot going on. I appreciate the time. I appreciate I you, man. That you're just a genuine guy, man. And you show up each with each thing you do, whether it's fitness related or, or something else you're always looking to pass it on to the next person because you realized what everything has done for you. I appreciate that. Dude. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. What's up? Where can people find you? Where can people keep up with you? That's the last thing. I got. Um, So at Kenny Santucci on my Instagram, uh, at, uh, join ladder, um, or ladder team, uh, download the app. I mean, it's a great little app. You guys could, uh, work out me, try it out the first week's free. Uh, and then Strong New York. Strong New York is a company I started uh, about four years ago. I uh, started doing fitness events. I wanted to share the friends and the the resources that I had in the fitness space to build a, a better, stronger community here in New York. And since COVID hit, kind of lateraled that into uh, kind of this platform and everything else I'm trying to do. Uh, so it's it's, like you said, those good vibes. I'm just trying to pass them on. And, you know, before I could worry about everybody else, and everywhere else, I had to start with my own team and my own family, which is here in New York. So, I love that. I love that. Family first, team first mentality. Yeah. It's a great way to attack life, man. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Kenny. He understands the importance of the role of physical fitness and wellness in his life to the point that it becomes a non-negotiable for him. He made a conscious decision at a very young age in high school that he was going to stop feeling bad about his body and start doing something to change it. That's a powerful takeaway. Your old stories you tell yourself will keep getting you the same results that you have. Kenny was able to rewrite his story and is now crushing it. Are you willing to take some time to rewrite your story and the ones that aren't serving you today? I know I am. 
If you haven't done so already, send this episode to a friend, family member, or teammate who could use a boost. Stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by following me on Instagram at CoreyCampFit. And remember, if you can change your mindset and how you think, you'll be able to change your life one thought at a time. I'll see you all next week.